Welcome to a very special episode of the Wheelhouse Podcast. On this first new episode of what I like to call Season 2 of the Wheelhouse Podcast, we have Ryan Santos Phillips from Spirits of Leo, mutual friend of ours. Uh, we've been planning this episode for quite a while, but we finally were able to get this together and we got Ryan on the hook. Ryan's band Spirits of Leo has a new single coming out called Patience on April 1st via a la carte records. Uh, Ryan spent quite a bit amount of time with us just going over the origins of the band, um, how he came up in his local scene, and just being in a band in 2022 uh, in these post-COVID times. Um, he was kind enough to share with us just everything that happened up until COVID and, and now since COVID. Um, it was very eye-opening and Ryan was very kind to share um, just his whole experience being in the band and, and being very forthright and candid with us. So uh, I think you're really going to like this conversation. Um, we're really excited about his new music video for Patience, uh, their new single coming out on Friday, April the 1st, not an April Fool's joke. Um, definitely check that out when it comes out. And uh, I do want to apologize in advance. I'm a little bit under the weather and I have some congestion, so that may come through in this recording uh, throughout. But uh, really hope you enjoy this conversation. And here is Ryan. Joining us now is Ryan Santos Phillips from uh, Spirits of Leo. How are you, Ryan? Doing good. How are you? We're well. Uh, I'm a little... Uh, congested. How about you, Andrew? Uh, not congested, although I'm sure the allergies will come bite me in the in the butt soon because usually when the weather changes, that's when it happens. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm living off knockoff Crozier uh, products, so uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll be good. Um, so uh, Spirits of Leo joined forces with a la carte records last month and uh, are gearing up to unveil their music video for Patience, their new single. So we're really, we're extremely excited to watch this thing. Uh, but before we dive into that new music video run, I wanted to start off with um, just how we connected on this podcast. Andrew, why don't you tell us how you and Ryan met? Yeah, so I believe the way we met was back in, I want to say it was 2014. It was like spring of 2014. And uh, me and our mutual friend now, Tim, um, we're coming down from Eugene, Oregon. We were going on a road trip towards, uh, San Diego. We were actually going to Burger Rama was the reason that we were actually coming down from Oregon and we were taking a long road trip and we decided to stop by in this little town called, I believe Forestville. Is that correct? That was the name. Correct. Yeah. Little t- the tiny town in the, um, uh, Western part of Santa Rosa, which I had never whatever think I'd find myself in. It was like in some backwoods country. Um, and, um, and I believe what it was, um, it was just some night, some random night where we decided to go to a show. I, I can't remember who was hosting that, by the way, do you remember? It was like some show that someone was hosting at like a backyard somewhere. It was very like, I DIY. might be getting, I might be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there were a lot of DIY spots in, you know, Sonoma County, that area. So, I think in particular, this one was called uh, the Henley Hotel, and they had a shed that was, um, they outfitted with like carpet on the walls, and like, you know, they tried to contain the sound as much. It didn't really contain any sound. <laughs> there were still neighborhood complaints and all that. That's just how it goes. Right. But uh, yeah, I believe that was the Henley Hotel. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that Henley Hotel. That's that's right. I, I was, Henley a, Street is the sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's that's that sounds about right. Yeah, I just and I remember uh, meeting you there because I believe you performed that night, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Or if maybe maybe I if I'm a risk, maybe you did perform. Maybe I missed it. I'm not sure because we did get there kind of late. Um, we kind of popped in for a short while and then kind of headed out after that. But we did talk. I did talk to you extensively after that point. And um, uh, Tim was so gracious as showing me your music off of the uh, Anastasia tape that you dropped on Bandcamp a year earlier. So that was really how I re- got to first know who you are. And then that was like the formal introduction. So um, that was that was really cool because I I know he when he showed me that tape, he was, he was actually pretty into it. Like, and it was not just the, Hey, my friend makes music. You should check it out. It was like, he's like, no, you should actually like check this out. It's really good. And I was like, okay. And I listened to it and I absolutely agreed. It was, it was something that not, I, I trust me as a guy who surfed through a lot of band camp projects, uh, people of know and don't know. Um, it definitely stood out to me. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy that it was able to kind of come together and I was able to meet you so quickly after you showed me that yeah absolutely yeah it's awesome that you i mean you heard it first and then you met me i <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of usually i'm like hey listen to my band you know like going around <laughs> <laughs> and trying to get people that i know to just be interested in what i'm doing you know but that, yeah. that's really cool that and uh, actually tim um helped me a lot like you know just giving me mixed feedback and you know helping me structure the songs i used to just send him like demos and he would take a listen and be like okay cool you know but i feel like you know this part around minute 30 whatever like you need to create some change or something you know he like he would always be a second pair of ears there um when i was making all those demos for anastasia so it's really cool <laughs> that the, that connection is there and you lived with him so yeah yeah that's true i did i did have the the fortitude of living in what we call the Apollo house because it had like this big metallic half sun on the top of this. Like I would, I would equate it to like being a very cold shed because I lived in the basement of that house and I was freezing for most of the year. Cause it yeah. happened to snow that year in Eugene. Um, and you can, <laughs> if you, I'm not sure if you ever talked, yeah, if you ever talked to Tim or Blaine about that place, but they, they go on for hours about that place and the, um, the landlord situation, but I don't have to get into that here. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun living on, I loved living with Tim and getting, and really, and getting to know, uh, the Forceville area. I mean, I met his family, I met you, I met some of his other uh, mutual friends. So that was like an all encompassing experience for me, um, which was really cool. Oh, totally. I mean, that's very appropriately named forestville it's literally in the middle of nowhere so but but actually that show that i met you at was in santa rosa i believe which um so you know that's actually like the city that uh mm-hmm. <laughs> that forestville is close to um but tim lived in forestville so but i mean okay. it's like within you know 10 15 minutes but yeah. <laughs> did you did you grow up in forestville or santa rosa i grew up in santa rosa Okay. So okay. I was kind of like in in and around several places with my family uh, in Sonoma County, um, between mm-hmm. Windsor and Santa Rosa. But yeah, it was always back back and forth between kind of there. So. so, what was that scene like, or a music scene like at the time when you were growing up or coming up, starting to play music? There was a very good um, local music scene. I mean, to this day, there still is a very good local music scene. In Santa Rosa. I mean, Santa Rosa is kind of where 
all the shows would be happening and then there would be bands from the smaller towns outside of that area um but you know particularly with like punk hardcore just indie like whatever there was like just an underground music scene in general there was uh, a lot of really good bands that were that came from there um you know off the top of my head there's strike to survive was a classic band um if you're if you're from santa rosa like they were just like on top of everything um them state faults were huge uh i mean the band the band ceremony is actually from runner park which is really close to santa rosa so i I would see them play at house shows in santa rosa so yeah i mean just a lot of a lot of talent in that area so (laughs) i mean and it was just it was inspiring to just go to a show and be like oh wow there's this awesome band playing and like it just would get you going you like like, you would just want to play music oh yeah state faults i Man, that's I would have loved to have seen that in uh, San Diego where Andrew and I grew up. Um, yeah, they're 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 incredible. <laughs> so I think you're pretty fortunate. That's cool to see that you got to go to yeah. that. Um, so how did you first start actually playing music? When did that happen? I mean, I started playing music when I was like 10. You know, I first started playing guitar. Um, I just come from a pretty musical family, um, especially on my mom's side, like all of my uncles play some kind of instrument. My mom plays piano and sings a little bit. So I was able to just kind of grow up in this pretty musical environment um, where my uncles were always curious about like, you know, what I was doing and I was just in awe of what they were doing. Um, So yeah. And then um, as far as like playing, playing music locally, um, it was in high school when I first started playing um live shows um i guess more in like the the punk realm uh me and tim had a band um we had a band called ipo and that was just hardcore punk uh you know very influenced by like minor threat um yeah black flag that kind of stuff um and uh yeah we just kind of we would play any show that we could well we could it would be like some weird house party in the middle of the woods we would play that and then we would you know there would be like a skate park fundraiser or something we would be playing those shows nice yeah. <laughs> I think that's a classic <laughs> absolutely punk and skateboarding um so i guess right around the time when i got to santa rosa junior college uh that's when i started meeting more and more musicians that were also mm-hmm. in school there that playing music in the different bands so i um spirits of leo started like the live version of spirits of leo started when i met someone that i hadn't seen in like 10 years that i went to elementary school with my friend justin and i ran into him at santa rosa junior college just like oh hey it's been a while <laughs> um and then we just kind of got to talking um we were we had both like gone from this like thrash metal phase when we were younger to like all of a sudden being obsessed with shoegaze so we would be sending like each other links and all that and Mm -hmm. um and he's like hey dude like i i saw that you have this project that's really cool and you know i was like thanks man and then kind of down the line we i just asked him to play guitar because he was just an absolute shredder so i was like yeah you wanna you wanna play in the live version of spirits um but yeah i was kind of involved in other bands prior to that um a bit in this band called the down house that was in a similar vein kind of like shoegazy mm-hmm. um kind of shoegazy indie indie punk kind of stuff um and then also just playing hardcore kind of so i was i was involved in like a lot of different musical scenes but they were all kind of joined together in santa rosa so like you know everyone kind of knew each other so you'd go and see a show and be like okay cool <laughs> 
and a very very eclectic mix um yeah um yeah so one day one of my friends was just like hey i'm i have this show that i'm booking at the arlene francis center it's happening like end of april like does spirits want to play and at that mm-hmm. point i was just like like oh my god like there's no way you know <laughs> like but i just like i kind of thought about it and i was just like like i need to do it like yeah i right. didn't even have a full band at that point but i was just like i just said yes you know like let's make this happen cool <laughs> yeah and yeah. then like you know there was about a month and a half like that we had to prepare for this our first show and i was just like so nervous because i had played like a lot of shows before but i guess there was our like i was a little bit like removed from it i guess like and because i was like just playing guitar or something and this was the first time that i was like singing and playing guitar and like playing my songs and everything like so um yeah (laughs) it just kind of felt like the pressure was on i just like i wanted it to be perfect you know everything had to be on point and just like from other bands that i was in i assembled um just a team of really good musicians and like really close friends um my friend casey who was in a band called no sir uh casey colby and um let's see my friend gabe mazzulo who played drums in uh my old band spells which was a hardcore band and then uh yeah justin who i was telling you about yeah he was um yeah so <laughs> right on so speaking of spirits and playing live for the first time t- tell me about like when did you actually start putting together that first batch of spirit songs like how did that come about? When did you decide, like, okay, this is my moniker for my group, right? How did that all start? I think I had been trying to put, like, a live band together, mm-hmm. like, in this vein uh, for a while. I mean, pretty much, like, starting in high school. Like, bands like The Cure were just, like, The Cure and uh, Jesus and Mary Chain, my bloody Valentine, those were just huge influences for me. So I was like, I want to like make music like this. I love listening to it, but like, I just want to make music like it. <laughs> and, for um, sure. yeah. So I was just like, I, I, I put, tried like posting on Facebook. Like I just tried to put some feelers out there like, Hey, does anyone want to like start a goth band? And like, I maybe got like one response from, you know, someone who wasn't like super serious about it, but like, and then I was like, you know what? I just, I think I just got to do it myself, you know? And that was the one I, at that time too, I was pretty familiar with like recording just like my own demos and things like that. Um, I had made a lot of songs in high school, just like other like different kind of one man recording projects. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this, but I want to make it like, I don't want it to be lo-fi. Like I want it to sound like produced. So, you know, I think that's when I embarked upon my like, youtube tutorial <laughs> university nice thing. just like yeah. looking up how to like how to record like because i mean i had done a lot of it myself and just kind of figured out okay it sounds better when the mic is placed this way versus you know this far away so i kind of just like had some hands-on experience recording with radio shack mics <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah uh, i just got got pretty into like the audio engineering aspect of it too and that was kind of when it, when it all started um my buddy florian he uh who's who's the one who's directing our music video right now. Uh, he, uh, he lent me his condenser mic. Uh, that was this tube road tube condenser mic that I still use to this day to record everything. Well, anyways, that <laughs> he let me borrow his back then. And that was when I started 
recording all the vocals and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, pretty much like my goal with starting Spirits was like, I want to I want to make a band that sounds like it could have been recorded in the 80s or something. And, um, and I wanted to sound like Cocteau Twins and The Cure. Nice. Like, and that was just like totally beyond like my singing capability. But I was like, I want to try. And, yeah. you know, like if I need to, you know, chop it up or whatever, then I can. But like, I was just like, started writing songs like way out of my range. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, let's see, trying to think like, and at that time too, Bandcamp had just, you know, it had been around for a few years. This was probably like 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like, I discovered tons of like really good music on Bandcamp and also bigger artists were also using the platform. I was like, yeah, I just want to throw this up on there and see what happens. And so I made the first EP and it just, yeah, I, I saw like after I had uploaded it the next day that like some radio show in Denmark was playing it. And I was like, oh my God, what? And then like it started, get, it got picked up by this blog called uh, Crack in the Road, which was UK based. And then from there on, I just like got ton, like a lot of streaming um, listeners. And I just was was not expecting that at all. I yeah. was just kind of like, here, put, putting it out there, and like maybe my friends will hear it. Cool. And then I was like, whoa, <laughs> like this is on the other side of the world. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's how the the first EP was pretty much came about. Right on. I'm from actually originally I'm from Denmark, so that's hilarious. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that's where awesome. you, you struggled first. What the name of the blog was. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. Um, and so, yeah, Ryan, uh, you mentioned you ticked off a lot of names there um, as far as like kind of inspiration where you drew that from. Um, I guess I'm curious more of like what kind of originally uh, drew you to creating the sounds for Spirits of Leo and how you keep drawing from that uh, going forward from, say, like, for example, The Cure and Cocteau Twins and whichever other influences. Like, I was just curious about how, how that's continuing to work itself into your sound. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I kind of, I came up with a name because like my whole life I've had this kind of like, I've been like terrified of ghosts. Like that was how it started. (laughs) And I had, I just kind of had these like series of dreams, like these like weird, like nightmares really. And I kept on waking up from them. And it was just (laughs) at this point in my life where I was like, I need to express this in some way. So I kind of created this like spirit world where the music would exist within. And that was, I guess that's kind of like the greater concept. It's like music made by ghosts or something. <laughs> it's like my way of confronting this this fear. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's ghost busting in a different way. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know what? It was kind of just like, you know, if in the words of like Batman or something, it's like, if you're afraid of something, you have to become the fear. <laughs> um, nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I'm going to become the ghost and I'm going to write music from like the perspective of a ghost pretty much. And I don't really stick with that. Like that's, mm-hmm. but that was kind of like, you know, I wanted it to sound like, I guess, otherworldly. Um, yeah. Uh, I hope that answers your question. I'm, yeah. No, that, that's, I, I can that's great. expand on that more if you want, like, um, I guess as far as like the the technical side or like the um... sure sure yeah I mean we're we're we were definitely going to dive into that but we I mean the thing that we've really been me and Seb have always been something that we always talk about a lot with all kinds of music is like we try to pinpoint exactly like where 
the sound or what the sound sort of emulates itself to be like for me i guess for me the best way that i described it was like it sounds like as you mentioned it's sort of that 80s style gleaming guitar like yeah. it sounds to me like the smiths but like the vocal melodies more remind me of like washed out with the way that they're kind of reverbed and, and echoed um that yeah. that to me is like it sounded like that kind of overlay when i first heard your music that was to me which to me was really interesting and kind of speaks to this sort of specter um aspect that you were talking about absolutely i mean washed out and small black were also pretty big influences for me and that i guess that's kind of what i was trying to go for as far as like vocal production um but yeah like i and i wanted it to i like sound like kind of like i basically wanted it to sound like it was a band from the 80s but like you know just incorporating like like every influence of mine um so not just like playing whatever like you know chord structures these bands would play or whatever it's like um kind of wanted it to just yeah encompass like everything so so i pretty much like i wanted to like get all of my influences and contain it within this like one like way of presenting which was 80s kind of sound 80s retro sounding yeah for me i mean and, and i mean this in the best possible way i feel like your especially equinox it should just be the soundtrack for that movie adventureland you ever seen that movie I have not. Um, okay. It has a great <laughs> soundtrack. It has a great soundtrack, but it's like this college rock 80s thing going on, like late, mid, late 80s. And I'm just like, every time I watch that movie, I'm like, ah, they should play Lesson Learning during this part right now. And it just <laughs> always reminds me of that. Like it, the vibe I always get, it's like, ah, this guy could have played with the replacements back in the day, you know? That's always the vibe I got. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, when I found your music through Andrew, uh, and it kind of hit me like that. I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is the shit, okay. And uh, yeah, I think him and I we've always kind of thought of it the same way you said you said it. So uh, it, it's funny in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Man. That means a lot. Yeah. So. yeah. Trust me, this is like the fifth different way he's brought up Adventureland to me for like various <laughs> different like in the last like, two months. <laughs> hey, it, just, it just fits, man. I don't know what yeah. else to tell you. Every facet of life. Mm -hmm. You see mm -hmm. it. I, you know, we talked a lot about the inspiration and I remember I, so I think when I saw you, so when I saw you in Japan, you had Equinox out at that point. It had just pretty recently came out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was uh, either the week or two weeks prior to that. Or actually, oh. I think it was the week. Yeah, it was literally the week. <laughs> after the release so wow because uh, it because we i think it was like yeah like april 1st or something we came out or i don't know but yeah very very short amount of time so. oh wow yeah that's pretty that, that that i thought it seemed close but i didn't realize it was that close like when you had brought it overseas so i i was curious actually because I, I i me and seb were were talking about this because i was trying to recall that you came out with that after you relocated to Brooklyn. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember when exactly did you move to Brooklyn? So I moved shortly after I met you, which was in 2014. So I, I moved to New York in June, 2014. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I thought it was like 2017. I, I was totally off. I thought it was like later on down the road mm. that you had moved there. Holy cow. So you had been there for a few years 
uh, after. Yeah. I so I, I was in film school for two years uh, and then I finally was able to get like, you know, the year after after school, I was able to finally get a band together. Um, oh, that's right. You went to was it NYU or was it a different? Yeah. OK, I, I went to right. Tisch for film. Oh, yeah. Okay. I had a gap in my memory. That's that's where I was. I was like trying to remember. I was like, where was he those two years? <laughs> that I thought I just my brain had just inserted like Santa Rosa. But um, that's I do now remember you saying that you were off to NYU. So I guess in, in regards to that, then since you spent a pretty decent amount of time there before you released Equinox, would you say there was any like like kind of residual influence on your music taste writing? recording process, anything like that, moving to New York versus when you were on the the West Coast uh, when you released Anastasia? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was pretty much the exact, living in New York was the exact opposite of everything I'd ever known. Because, you know, I grew up in a very rural area and it they, they were opposite, but both like larger than life in this crazy way. So it was like, I think Anastasia, that for me, like the environmental influence was very much like like redwoods and nature. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, this huge man-made monstrosity that is New York inspiring in a totally different way. So yeah, and it, it definitely had changed the the style of the band a lot, I think. Um, also just life experience, you know, changed the style of the band. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it kind of, I but I had always wanted to tap into this darker side i think and i think with equinox uh it kind of it all fell into place i think i kind of i figured out what i was trying to say i guess and living in new york definitely helped me figure that out you know in talking about what your what spirit sounds like i think i think i was getting at earlier too is i think where you're from or where you, where you grew up or where your music comes from is kind of really important like Black Sabbath, they sounded a certain way because they were from the steel town in Birmingham, right? And and so I think it's interesting to to see just the difference between Anastasia and Equinox because of, you know, you were in Santa Rosa and now you're in Brooklyn. And and so kind of speaking of that too, so Equinox, correct me if I'm wrong, came out in 2018, right? Yes. Yeah, 2018. So after Equinox, tell us a little bit about the couple years leading up to right before COVID, what what was the band doing up until then? Right, I guess right up until COVID. Let's start there. So after Equinox, um, honestly, I felt pretty depleted after making that because it had just taken so long. Um, yeah. And like writing for me just became... Um, I don't know. It was like a much more sporadic process, I think. Um, and we were pretty much more focusing on the live act in general. So uh, prior to like that two years, like between, you know, COVID and uh, after uh, Equinox had come out, we were focusing on like playing as many shows as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that in itself is very exhausting. You're just constantly oh, yeah. gigging. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'd kind of, um, sounds like you took a break from writing. Yeah. I which probably healthy. <laughs> yeah. There was kind of this like unsaid hiatus, I guess. Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. 
and it really like what kind of what kind of got my ass in gear was you know getting laid off and being being at home i was like wow like this is like kind of my one chance to like really just you know recharge from the burnout and get writing and recording so that's exactly what i did so i'd pretty much taken like a lot of like the sketches that i had had in like those past couple of years and just structured them out and recorded them it's like mm-hmm. just one piece by piece um you know i i kind of have like a standard structure for when i'm recording it's not always the same but like i hyper focus on all of the guitars first like i make sure those are just like completely mapped out like every little thing that i'm gonna play I do the kind of get obsessed about the guitars make the tone everything you know mm-hmm. um record that then i record the bass um then i do vocals pretty much last because i start to you know that's like the melodies for me are kind of like on top of everything it's like an additional instrument and um you know also gives me more time to finalize the lyrics yeah sorry i don't know if that uh no that was great <laughs> that was great uh, no so okay and I think a really huge thing I wanted to talk to you about because you were you were in New York during the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken, and and being a musician too, uh, I can't imagine what that you know has been like for musicians all over you know the world. But tell us a little bit about you know when when everything shut down for you and you obviously you can't play shows or whatever. What happened during that time? Because two years later, you know you're you have a really cool single coming out. Uh, I think patience sounds awesome. And for us, I mean, we love Equinox. And so if you love Equinox, you're going to love patience. But, you know, it, it was a long road to get to the singles. So tell us kind of what happened during this pandemic period. Yeah. Um, when COVID hit, it was a really bleak time. I mean, all the momentum that we had finally just been getting going, it was like, right all of a sudden that just disappeared. Like we were booked to play some of the biggest shows that we'd ever (laughs) been booked for. And all of a sudden it just, it was gone and nobody really knew like when we were going to finally get back together, you know? Right. Um, And like, so all these shows that we were booked for, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, they're going to push it off a month, see what happens. Okay. We're going to push it off another month, see what happens. And then we all kind of realized like, Oh, this is, this is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So, we're just going to cancel. And yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much the space we were in. It was just like, there was so much unknown. Um, yeah. And that also trickled too to like just the band in general. Um, the live band at the time had ended up getting spread apart. Um, so um, our guitarist had gone back home to Tennessee um, for an indefinite amount of time. And our bassist had gone back home to Texas for indefinite amount of time. So, you know, pretty much for me, it kind of felt like, well, either the the band is over or I have to kind of just continue it on myself and, right, you know, get get new people. Um, yeah. So I mean, it was a lot of really tough decisions for for everyone too. Like I, I don't think anyone really like wanted to leave the band. It was just kind of like, well, you know, like I'm just not really sure yeah <laughs> going forward if, if if we're gonna be able to make this work so um yeah um my drummer alex though uh was pretty close by still um his family was in dc so and he was kind of 
he was mostly in DC for a lot of the pandemic, but he also would come to New York cause he had his apartment was in New York. Mm-hmm. So he would be, um, you know, and I asked him, I was like, Hey, so do you still want to play? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So pretty much it was kind of like, you know, it was like I, for me, the live band kind of like getting that up and going again was secondary to actually finishing the record and, mm-hmm. you know, making the music. So, but Hey, I mean, you guys, I mean, like, you guys persevered. I mean, you know, you have this single coming out. A lot of a lot of bands had to persevere, but uh, I mean, it's coming out. So let's go through it. It's going out April first on a Friday. That's not a joke. Not April Fools. It's actually coming out that day. You can pre-save it now on Spotify, and uh, you're putting out the music video for it as well. Is that your first music video? This is our first music video for Spirits. Yeah. Um, so I'm. This is a milestone in itself. To actually have like something visual to really go along with the music, it's yeah. pretty cool. Right so. on. Uh, we we got to ask this. So you kind of already said it earlier. When are we getting the album, man? The album. Yeah. You know the date is fluctuating a little bit right now, but early summer for sure. Right Whether on. that's in like late May or in June, not positive yet, because um, it kind of depends on certain things, but. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so early summer, we're looking for the release Gossamer Blue. That's the name of the record, by the way. I don't Gossamer know I... Blue. Okay. Gossamer Blue. Wow. Okay. Okay. How'd you get hooked up with uh, a la carte records? So a la carte records, um, basically, uh, been kind of mutually following what they were doing um, since like middle of the pandemic, which is actually right around when they started. Um, oh, okay. I had I had known. Um, one of the bands, one of the other artists on Alucard, uh, Old Moon, uh, my friend Tom, he uh, he previously had like a tape label called Love Chain Tapes. And I'm not sure if he's doing anything anymore with that, but that's kind of how I became acquainted with, with his band, Old Moon, and later Alucard. Um, yeah, and I kind of just saw that they were doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, bands called True Faith was one of the early ones that I discovered tragic figures is another one and yeah pretty much I I was like okay you know I'm gonna make a list of like record labels that I'm interested in reaching out to and yeah kind of just reached out to a bunch and without really expecting a response um yeah and I reached out to them and they said that they had that Spirits of Leo had been on their radar for a couple of years and they had, you know, they'd heard Equinox and all that. Um, and they said, yeah, like, let's have a meeting and let's let's talk about it. So people who do hear Equinox, I think they're going to get it. I just think it's a, more of a matter of people finding that record, because to me, if it weren't for Andrew, I don't think I would ever heard it. But I mean, now that I have, it's it's a record we talk about pretty frequently, just randomly, too. Just like, oh yeah, this uh, this this band kind of sounds like a worse version of, of Equinox. Sometimes has come up in conversation, um, but no, because the, the, the vinyl's not green enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't have a nice they don't have a nice gatefold. Um, no, but yeah, it, that shoegaze, you know, the shoegaze scene, it, it's it's a very it's kind of a huge scene now. You know, for a long time it was small, and, and now. I don't know when it happened. I kind of want to say when you were probably coming up in that local scene of yours in the early aughts, like it really exploded and you had all these bands like nothing and, 
you know, all that stuff, like it really exploded. You have it's so saturated now that you just hear a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of the sameness. And I feel like there's a couple of bands that really stand out. Your yours is, is the one I, I hope people find because your sound is. Yes, obviously, I think there's some pretty like the Cure or Cocktail Twins, like you mentioned, those are some very easy to hear influences, but it is your own thing and it does stand apart from the others where, you know, a lot of it, it it's it's very easy to get lost in that dissonant, just like sound. <laughs> and and so we really appreciate what you do and it stands out. So I hope people hear patience and if you haven't, you know, anyone who's listening, if you haven't heard Equinox, you should, you should do that. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, I... Yeah, there's there's definitely been like this huge resurgence in shoegaze and just the interest uh, I in like the past 10 years. Um, and I feel like it's kind of it's always kind of like melded onto like some other kind of genre, too. It's like with nothing, I think like it was like shoegaze, but hardcore. Yeah. And, um, you know, and other bands like A Place to Bury Strangers or something, it's like it's shoegazy, but it's like noise rock or, you know, psychedelic things like I feel like, you know, um, I don't really know if like shoegaze and 80s music is, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was getting to a point there, but I, I kind of lost it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, I, I guess like other interests in like these in big genres, you know, because shoegaze is kind of a micro genre. And um, so it's kind of always kind of like maybe piggybacking on like another bigger scene or something. And then people are kind of like, then they kind of like, they've discovered that first and they're like, okay, like nothing's awesome. I'm going to listen to like what influenced them, which would be like my bloody Valentine or something. Right. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's speaking of Austria, it's just really fascinating to see the directions that you and Tim took after you went kind of went your separate ways in terms of like going to different places. You went in shoegaze and he went into like, noise <laughs> like <Yeah>. straight noise <laughs> rock he had that band i think it was called senza that i saw oh, and yeah. it's like and it's like it those shows were just nuts because like people are like jumping off the walls kicking in the drywall like yeah Tim's like wailing away it was just completely completely different vibe <laughs> yeah so. you, you know i actually mixed the uh first senza i guess ep that was like one of the first things that i had mixed that really? wasn't spirits so <laughs> dang yeah. that's awesome that was that's so it cool. Was, it was pretty that cool. I was just like, hey, like, let me let me mix it. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like, I can't even remember how I, I just like think I had a conversation with him. I was like, hey, like, what are you what are you working on? You know? And he's like, yeah, yeah I have this, you know, new, new band and all that. But yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, it's all sad music, you know. It's all kind of <laughs> <laughs> sad, angsty music and how you express it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> And I was gonna say, I mean, you're you're talking to ghosts, and maybe Tim's screaming at them. So different, <laughs> yeah, <there you> <laughs> different, different approaches, I guess. <laughs> different approaches. Well, hey, man, Ryan, really, thank you so much for sparing some time for us and just talking about spirits, and and we're really looking forward to hearing patience and for that music video to come out on Friday, April first. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. This was really fun. Definitely. Good to see you again, Ryan. Yeah, great to see you too, Andrew. 